This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 76th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have a massive trailer roundup. The biggest this episode has ever seen. We have our winners and losers of this year's Oscar noms as well. And then we have a review of the highly anticipated Army Hammer film, Death on the Nile. So use the bathroom now. Grab that popcorn and enjoy the 76th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. All right, episode 76 has arrived. Shout out Steve Hutchison. Football season's over. Ricky Flex, let's just get down to it. Was the halftime show good? It seems like a lot of people liked it. Like, I think a lot, a lot of people are saying it's the best halftime show that's ever happened. And I just Super think Bowl. that's not right at all. I don't, it's not, like, it's not like I didn't like it, but it's just like, I don't know. And in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking half of these performers, performers deserve their own halftime show. And then the other half was just like, are they overweight or out of shape or Way hey, past hey, their hey, prime. Hey. <laughs> what hey, are we doing hey, here? Hey, hefty, hefty, hefty. And then we had some hefty. song choices that I didn't like. You had some great ones, then you had some. Eh. So I don't know. I don't know. Here's, here's my thing about the halftime show. I think it's just an overrated premise, anyway. Like it, we're just it's just 15 minutes, right? And you're watching bits and pieces of like these great performers, but. I don't think it's ever going to be like a show-stopping performance where it like blows my socks off and in any way competes with the game I'm watching. Like it's just an, it's it's more of an afterthought for me. But and I agree with you. Like Fifty Cent, seeing him come out of nowhere was pretty cool. That was cool. He, he, him going upside down though, like trying to like remake get, get Richard <laughs> Die trying like or whatever. Like him like in prison go, or whatever. Go. It was. Go. It. I love 50 cent. And so I was excited to see him, but it's just, it felt like we were starting to get old with the halftime performers. As a teacher, I asked my students like, Hey, what do you guys think of the halftime show? They just didn't understand why like Kanye or Drake weren't there, even though they were at the stadium. Like, why didn't they just hop right. on stage? I'm like, no, this is like the West coast rap. This is huge hip hop. This is massive. And they just, you have Eminem there. they just didn't get it. But uh, Eminem, I mean, I wish he didn't only play one song. Like they he, play "Lose Yourself." Like, come on! Like, how many times have we seen like him on the big stage play "Lose Yourself"? He did it at the damn Oscars recently too. <laughs> yeah, because it was the twentieth anniversary of uh, of Eight Mile. Like, I would have loved to see like maybe a little, like real Slim Shady or without yes. me, just like him next to Dr. Dre doing it, like protege. Dr. Dre was just faking that entire. Like, he wasn't doing anything on those keyboards. Oh no, he was fake producing. It, like, it was kind of cool to see him fake produce. Yeah, and then his back was turned to Eminem too, so he couldn't even see his face on the television. And it was just funny to hear Snoop Dogg like sing the next episode, like clean version. 
Like, right. and then it's also to see him do that song and not be smoking some type of marijuana was kind of weird. He did just <laughs> before. He did it just before. Oh, is that what? Is that what? Yeah, there were like I mean, uh, there were screenshots or stills of him right before he went to the top of that, like whatever the uh, building or whatever it was. He like smoked right before going up the stairs. Right. So for me, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I think Kendrick Lamar should have just kept playing Mad City. Like that would yes. have been unreal. Like, or King like, Kunta would have been good. Oh, that would have been unreal. I know me and you, when that when that album came out, like How to mm. Pimp a Butterfly, when dude, that was a, an absolute just, summer he picked, like, a, like All Right is a great song, but it's like, is it even in his top 10? Probably not. It's not, it's not gonna get the Super Bowl like hype, you know. It's, yeah, it's, and that's it, the it, only name in Mary J. Blige that's like connected to the the kids, quote unquote kids nowadays. But like still, you didn't even play the most popular song. Play or something off of Damn or something, you know? Well, that it been it cool. was off Damn. Well, like, I know a different song off Yeah, damn. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but like, wait, wait, is all right? Is that is that how to pimp a butterfly or is that damn? I thought that was damn. Ah, whatever. Uh I, I, I like Mad I thought City the dancing was, my was favorite cool. Kendrick Lamar song. The dancing was cool. The setting was cool. It was very California with like the 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 living room setting, but also like the white exterior that made it look pretty flashy. No basements. <laughs> no basements, right? Uh, yeah, and like the, obviously the Tupac tribute, right? California yeah. Love. That was that was nice. And uh, it's just cool to see all those big names there. I think Mary J. Blige. I know she's such like a female icon. It says like her second song. I was just, yeah, I was just like, this is kind of putting a lull on the whole um, performance. The whole show. No disrespect. Yeah. The whole show. Like I thought Eminem, like he sound like I was afraid he wasn't going to sound good. Like I was really afraid that I wasn't going to like what he's doing now in his recent albums haven't been great. I thought that might translate to the halftime show, which I'm happy that he sounded like almost like prime Eminem, which was awesome to hear. It sounded great. Yeah. So yeah, easily the best performance. And my, my eyes, I'm also very biased. He's my favorite rapper of all time. But it was just cool to see all these people together because they're all from the same like production, right? They're all, they were all from the, like discovered by the same person. Like it's all, they all were together on the same stage up on this, whatever the platform was. So th- I think that is just like what's overhyping or over, what people are just caught up with, not the actual how they sounded besides Eminem and Kendrick. And Mary J. Blige, I think, sounded good. Yeah. I just didn't know the songs because I'm not a big Mary J. Blige fan. Me too. I, I didn't know I didn't know the song, but I, the second one I wasn't really sure of that. Uh, the second song she played, I didn't know, and I was just sitting there. I'm like, okay, this is kind of taking the wind out of my sails right now. And like, <laughs> let's just go watch. Let's just go watch the, the second half. Um, yeah, but I would say little overhyped but definitely very good i think all super bowl halftime shows are overhyped in a way you know you're only getting to see yeah. a glimpse of these icons you know yeah that's um, a good point huge episode today ricky flex and i think we should just get right into it we got oscar nominations that came out last week following the deep us we're riding quite the high right now after last week's episode but we will talk about the uh the less important uh but still significant awards show happening in april now which is kind of wild, but we're going to go over the winners and losers. Then we got massive trailer roundup. As we said, death on the Nile, huge lineup for episode 76. So with that being said, let's get to the Oscar nominations. So the way we're going to do this, we're going to go through winners and losers, right? And some big surprises that we got. Uh, It was kind of fun sitting on social media, 
watching the live stream of what the nominees are going to be. I was getting a little bit of a rush because this is the most movies I've seen from like potential nominations. Like I, I, I think there's only like one or two movies I have not seen that was getting that, uh, that got major nominations here. Did you find that these movies were just more available than ever before on streaming services? And maybe just cause we're doing more homework than ever. Like what, what are your thoughts there, Ricky flex? I don't think so. I think, I think it's like kind of in the middle. I think that they're making a conscious effort to make them so available. Like news came out today, uh, I guess the day before you listened to this on Monday, that uh, Drive My Car is coming out on HBO Max on March 2nd. That's huge. That was a big winner of, of uh, the, these nominations. massive. Huge, like shocking to get to into the best that. picture, like shocking to get the screenplay record, or worst person in the world got the screenplay recognition. That was shocking in itself over Sorkin and over other people. But all in all, like, yes, they are getting more available, but like, I still haven't seen that one. I haven't seen Worst Person in the World. I know like a lot of other movies that weren't nominated, but were in the race. I haven't seen like Red Rocket. Um, come on, come on. Like, there's a lot of other ones that were in this Oscar race that didn't that you still can't see streaming or nationwide. Right. And there's still like some of these that are still stuck in art as art house films, like, like drive my car. Like I was shocked that I saw the HBO max is getting this movie. It's huge. And I think it's, Oscar it's, push. it's so big because out of all the best picture nominate nominees, that is the one that stuck, stuck, that stuck out like a sore thumb. If you're a real movie buff, you've heard about this movie. Even if you haven't seen it, you didn't know if it was going to get a nomination. It seems like it's, uh, a contender for best international feature um, and probably the strong favorite, obviously, if it's getting a best picture nom. Uh, but I think, why do you think we're getting these international features like in the best picture category as of recently? Like, why do you think they're, it's now like the in thing to have like one of these. So trendy right now. Unknowns. And yeah. W w what's your theory on why this has happened? Yeah. So another round last year, uh, Thomas Venterberg Parasite as well. the year before and Parasite kind of like started this trend and I think it's just like the Oscars like huge diversity problem with the Oscars right yep like white Oscars like there's like that like still even to this day it's still like trying to get over that hump of just that diversity issue and this is just another push and you have uh, Jane Campion getting nominated for best director here for a second time first ever that time that's ever happened that a woman, a woman's been nominated twice for uh, directing. So, and it's only been, it's a woman being nominated for directing. It's only happened like Greta Gerwig and her. So it's like, it rarely happens. So there's not just like the diversity with international films and also race, but also gender. And the Oscars are just making a conscious, another a conscientious, I should have said that, conscientious uh, um, push towards diversity and also just the best movies. I think that even like Tick, Tick, Boom, being the Ricardo's not getting nominated here for best picture is huge because they aren't better than these other acclaimed movies like drive my car. And they actually put in that movie over the more popular, not diverse movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I a hundred percent think it's a very much diverse divert the idea of diversity. And I think it kind of goes back to the, remember the Oscar so white, like whole controversy right. that happened a few years ago, eventually like black Panther gets nominated. Right. And then you also have the expansion of the best picture category where you can include 
like an international film. It was kind of made for like some of these more blockbuster films. At least we thought like following the dark Knight, they expand the category. But what we really have seen is like just people are able, I like, I know this isn't necessarily the case for, um, a lot of these international features, but with streaming services, some of, some of these are you're able to see. It's not drive my car, and not until at least March second when this nomination already comes out. But I think also there's ten thousand people in the acad like uh, in the Academy of Motion Picture, like voting for the Oscars, and I think that's a substantial amount compared to what it had previously. Yes. And they're drawing from voters from all over the world. It's just natural to have some of these nominees. The only thing is, in the U.S., we're not seeing this movie. So when we see this movie get a nomination for Best Picture and you don't see other ones that we're more familiar with, with uh, acclaimed filmmakers not get nominated, it's a little sketchy where it's like, wow, is, it, is this movie that good? Right. And a lot of times they're right when it comes to these international features like Parasite and Another Round, both bangers. I love both of those movies. Um, but Let's go into the big winners. I guess Drive My Car definitely falls into that category. We're uh, definitely unsure if it was going to get a nomination, but it almost comes into this idea where we can almost expect an international feature every year to take one of these slots, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, another winner of the Oscar nominations here, I had couples. Like we had yes. two, two couples, right? Married couples that were nominated in the acting category, right? For best supporting actor, you had Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog and his wife, Kirsten Dunst, her best supporting actress in Power of the Dog. I think she has a great shot to win. Jesse Plemons, I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't really see that. But also Javier Bardem for best actor and being the Ricardos and Penelope Cruz in a movie, yet another one, international feature I haven't seen. I think it's international feature, is that right? Parallel yeah, Mothers. Parallel Mothers is uh, Spanish, right? Yeah, so I, I've not seen that movie as well. But, I mean, that's never happened before. It has even one couple been nominated that, like, is together? Because <laughs> I know we had, remember, uh, Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron got nominated. We go <laughs> right. one-on-one -on -one, yeah. right after their divorce. That's kind of nuts. Yeah, I don't know if it's happened before, but it was cool to see. Like, uh, it kind of, like, Javier Bardem was, like, the like the top. There's, like, a clear top four, and then he was, like, the by default fifth pick there. So, like, it was nice to see him get nominated, but, like, he doesn't have a, ch a chance in heck. I like seeing Bardem get nominated, though. I know we both thought he had a very charismatic performance as, uh, well, I mean, Ricky Ricardo in um, right. Being the Ricardos. Uh, I, I, I don't know how accurate his portrayal was, but all I know is that he made that movie extremely watchable alongside Nicole Kidman. Um, he was dynamite, right? I love seeing him shaking the hips and he's walking around, you know, and he's basically G running a studio. G yeah, so good. You, you you always do that. And, you bring up Bardem. Right, I do. It, that that was a great scene. I wish they like uh, hit that home a little harder. To be honest, in that scene, and like make it an Oscar moment, maybe. But hey, I don't think he has a chance. Like, I don't think he has a chance oh, he at all. No. But he is making a push now. Did you see what he did after he got nominated? Oh yeah. Uh, did immediately he talk about immediately, the diversity aspect. Yes, immediately after the nominations, he did an interview to talk about how like the academy and Hollywood needs to get more diverse and everything like that, and specifically to Hispanics. So immediately he's starting the, the uh, campaign trail. 
I wasn't too shocked by the nomination either, just because he is an Oscar winner. And sometimes they, I mean, a lot of times the, and, the Oscars love the Oscars. And so they're, he, they're, he was nominated for the SAG and the Golden Globes. So like not shocking that he got nominated. It's just like, he's clearly below the other performances. And uh, I, I do want to talk about another, I guess, a winner that goes along with like the Jesse Plemons conversation for best supporting actor. J.K. Simmons gets a nomination for being the Ricardos as well. Did you see this one coming? Did not see this coming. I hated it, to be honest. Oscar loves Oscars, though. I love J.K. Simmons, and I liked him in the role, but this was just a mistake. Like, this this was not right. And I love our plump boy. He didn't deserve it either. Yeah, this was a bad – like, this was, like, the highlight for me, as in this was a big miss category. But at the end of the day, none of it matters because Cody Smith McPhee is winning this by a landslide. So sure. none of it will matter. It's just like at the end of the day, it's like when you, you know, you retire and you're going into the Hall of Fames or whatever your acclaim. It's like, oh, how many Oscar noms did you get? This is huge for like JK to get multiple now. Yeah, this it's like second, team, it's like second team all pro. You know? Right, right. <laughs> uh, so it's it's to me like power of the dog just got so much love it had the most nominations uh, uh for any movie uh followed by dune i think it had 12 for power of the dog 11 for dune uh power of the dog had made every major acting category nominated right kirsten dunst you got benedict cumberbatch cody smith mcphee and plemons like that is uh, I think it shows their love for Jane Campion. And I know she took a, like a little hiatus from filmmaking, but it shows just how much they adore her. And uh, it's, it's just a good sign for that movie. I think it's going to, I, a lot of times it's not going to be that movie that gets a, a ton of nominations and doesn't win. You know, like Mank got a ton of nominations, right. only won like two or two or three. I can see Power this has Dog. momentum. This has this, so much momentum right I, now. This is, I, we're going to get to our favorites, I guess, in a little bit. But, I mean, Power of the Dog, it's lining up to win Best Picture. Yeah. I, so, you mentioned Dune as well, the second most noms. There's obviously leading indicators, like, in, inside the Oscars. Like, not just, like, for Best Picture, but with other awards, right? And one of them, obviously, is did your actors get nominated? And... Power of the Dog got nominated every single category. Best actor, uh, supporting actor, supporting actress. The uh, three out of the four, I should say. So, like, that's huge. Got best director. But then also it got sound, editing, set design. Like, it got, it hit all the other notes. It should win score. Like, so, that, that's my favorite score, like, in a long, long time. It was, it was really it was good. Phenomenal. But, like, other movies, like, I, I won't spoil anything, but, like, a couple other movies in Best Picture that people, like, think have a chance they weren't nominated for editing. They weren't nominated for sound or set design. Those big indicators, those leading indicators in the beginning of the show. So those don't really even come close to the power of the dog. It just shows that this has the most momentum. Everyone adores this film or at least says they recognize, wow, this was a great achievement. So this one has all the momentum and it's biggest favorite here. Yeah. And like drive my car. It's, it's so interesting because now this, this is going to be available. What kind of like yeah. attraction will the uh, wider audiences garner for this movie? That's a good point. And is it, it like, is it all of a sudden going to have this major push where it's like, wow, like this is really something special. And it's like with this, this whole international craze that's happening, it's almost like, you know, you don't, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, also big winner. Speaking of best picture, Nominee, sneak it in. Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro. What a follow-up to 
uh, his Oscar win, right? His next film, Red Nightmare Alley, starring Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara. No one was really predicting it was going to get that Best Picture nom. We didn't when we did our podcast. We had it just on the outside looking in, but it sneaks in ahead of Tick, Tick, Boom and Being the Ricardos. All right. What are your thoughts on that, Ricky Flips? This was a huge winner. And just sneak peek at losers, Bradley Cooper, big loser, but Guillermo del Toro, huge winner here. It's like, this was the film after his Oscar win. So it's like similar to like being the Ricardos, the Oscars love actors. They also love former Oscar winners. So like, boom, here you go. Right. And they sneak them in. I like the film a lot. I think it's deserving of top 10 best picture. Um, I don't know if you are, but I, I love, I liked it a lot. I think it also got other noms, right? Didn't it get like uh, production? I think too? best cinematography. I'm pretty cinematography, sure. Cinematography, like this movie, like hit the Oscar notes too. It's just a little. It's a little unconventional with the actual story and everything like that. But it hit all those main notes that got it. That got it its best picture nomination. So I totally like. It's, I'm shocked. We didn't predict it, but I understand it. And we're gonna talk about Bradley Cooper, but it makes me think like. That fifth spot for best actor, if they thought so highly of uh, Nightmare Alley, like could Bradley Cooper have snuck in right. to the best lead actor ahead of Bardem, an actor who already had the award and has no shot at winning it this year? Bradley Cooper, the star appeal of him being in that category could have been something else. Obviously, Bardem is a huge star in and of himself, but it just makes me think like how close was Cooper to getting a nomination in the best actor category. And we're thinking of licorice pizza, best supporting actor. We're going to get to that in a second, but that just has my brain ticking right now. Yeah. Um, also Coda nominated for, uh, for best picture. Good to right? see huge. I know we were huge fans. Um, uh, we talk about like the, conve- like taking a genre and putting a modern spin on it. Very, in, even with a, um, a cast that's relatively unknown. And we also got to compliment Troy Kotzer, another major nomination for Coda, the first deaf person to be nominated for an Oscar. It's big. Uh, an acting, acting, acting Oscar. Acting, I don't know. Acting. I don't know if overall, but congrats. I love Coda. I find it almost the most rewatchable out of any of the best picture nominees I've seen this year. I don't think it has really a shot at winning. It doesn't really have the momentum of a power of the dog, but I'm not going to rule it out completely because I think earlier on, like this was actually like low key, like potentially a favorite, like I guess early on in award season, it almost had that mystique about it where only some people had seen this movie, but there, anyone who had seen it said, this is, this might be the best movie of the year. It kind of had that magic to it that like the old Oscars had. You know, mm. where what didn't where other movies weren't available on streaming and it's just it felt more exclusive if you actually saw those movies. Yeah, I agree. I think no Amelia Jones, right? The lead actress in this movie didn't get uh, nominated here. Um, so I think that was kind of tough. She was nominated at the BAFTAs, but not here. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. Like overall, like this is a nice story. Nice to see. We have to see screenplay wise because this was also nominated for screenplay, I believe. So this is, it'll be interesting to see if it gets a win anywhere. It, it kind of like, to me, it falls in the same line as like Lady Bird when that came out a few years ago. Yeah, that's but that was even more critically analogy. acclaimed just because it had that that 100% in Rotten Tomatoes that everyone's like like drooling over. Had some right? star power. But, like yeah, up and coming Ronan, actors, actresses. 
Sorcerer Ronan like is just a powerhouse in and of herself. Like, and she is just Oscar material. That's like who she is. And yeah. uh, Greta Gerwig is one of the best like directors yeah. that Timothy Chalamet. Like, it was just like it had so many like up and comers. Hedges, right? Like, hedges. You put yeah, hedges yeah, in yeah. there. It's it's an Oscar nominee. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know if this is a like a winner. I was kind of shocked by this, but Free Guy getting a nomination. Remember how I said Ricky Flicks? Like, there's always a movie when we look at these categories that sticks out compared to the other ones, and we have a Ryan Reynolds like, I don't know, like a video game movie being nominated. I, honestly, it is for best visual effects, I believe, and I kind of that kind of blew my mind because I didn't think they were that good in this movie, but uh. Thoughts on Free Guy getting a nomination over some other films here? Yeah, by far the weirdest. And I think the second weirdest was Shang-Chi because I thought th- that CGI was iffy it, with the dragons. That or the dragon, that had iffy CGI as well. But both of them got nominated here. Not deserving, but definitely the one, like you said, like you're looking down the list. Oh, okay, what do you see? Oh, Nightmare Alley. Okay, yeah, I see that. The Suicide oh, Squad of this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the Suicide Squad of this year. Man, what if Free Guy or Shang-Chi win an Oscar? I did, man, I I think the they just I think the voters mail in this award so hard. They're just like, okay, like they probably didn't even watch those movies. They just saw they were Marvel movies. They're like, yeah. oh, we we have to reward this type of cinema. Uh, sorry, Martin Scorsese. In some capacity, right? You have to award it in some way, and the only way is the best visual effects although did you see yeah i was gonna say was this uh, was this nomination done before the fan vote uh award and but the fan vote means nothing right it's just like they're gonna recognize like hey most people voted for this movie what movie do you what movie using this like twitter like oscar poll that they're doing this category which movie is going to win in your opinion no way home most people saw it you don't so is would the Snyder Cut even be available for this award? Yeah, I think it would because it came out after March first. But the problem is, I don't think there's enough steam. It's been too long. This makes me think. Like, I think if this had a chance to be like recognized at the Oscars, enough people would rally around. And like those who were Snyder Cut people, they'll come back out of the woodwork to try and get this mentioned on the big stage at the Oscars. Did you like see- they will do that for Zack Snyder. So the premise is like this fan vote, you could tweet out like using the hashtag and you can yep. vote for the, just a little recap for the audience here in case you missed it. Did you see how many tweets you're allowed to put out a day? An individual, like yes. one person, one person, one user, they could tweet out X amount times a day. I'm going to predict 10 more 20, 20. You can wow. tweet out 20 times a day for a movie. So from that, from March, what is it? March 3rd. I think it starts March 3rd. Wait, no, no, no. It's by March 3rd. So yeah, I guess it starts now. So restore the Snyderverse is going to be trending a movie Twitter for the next month. Yeah, no way home. Yes, but I'm like I don't even know if like, does this movie that gets nominated here or whatever that you get to vote on does it have to be one that was submitted for uh, award season? Like, does it have to be one that is eligible, or is it just any movie? I think it's just a fan vote. It's honestly just they're a opening up Twitter. a can of worms here potentially. Can you imagine? I like like No Way Home. I think will win because that's like the fan favorite and the one that was left off the uh, the nominee the nominees list. But 
you can't rule out the Snyder cut psychos. If they get in 20 tweets a day, right. And they're coming out of the woodwork, returning to like their glory on Twitter. This is what they're made to do. They, they are the biggest hashtag users in the history of movie Twitter. I don't know. It's I guess, but it's just been so long. I don't know. Um, all right. So those are like the winners. I would say I kind of narrowed down. Did you have any other winners you wanted to mention before I go into the losers or other surprises we saw? Um, I guess a winner that we haven't talked about movie theaters. Hey, movie theaters. Seriously. Like, like Netflix two like two streaming nominations for best picture, the rest out in theaters. Right. Um, none for Prime, uh, two for Netflix, like I said. Streaming's just changing. Probably going to win Best Picture here, but it's still like theaters, uh, the movies coming out in theaters are getting recognized more, by far more than streaming. So that's huge for movie theaters. And I also think the Warner Brother films getting released now, I know there's a lot going on HBO Max still, but we're not going to see Matrix Resurre- Resurrections or King Richard we're not going to see those type of dual releases for those type of box office numbers uh, again, probably. We'll probably see like lesser movies like Kimmy, like lesser as in like not box office potential doing that, but not like a matrix resurrection. So like like Soderbergh signed that deal. Like, like, yeah, you won't see those huge blockbusters like the Soderbergh where he gets to get a little creative, dive into different types of genres. Those are the type of movies you're going to see on an HBO Max. I do have to bring up one more winner, Ricky Flicks. We actually talked about it last episode. We reviewed The Lost, or two episodes ago, The Lost Daughter. Dude, our girl, Jesse Buckley, got nominated for Best Supporting yes, Actress. That was a shock. And without, no one had, like, talked about her whatsoever. And then we said, like, why is no one talking about her? She'd be like, but I, we think that she deserved a nomination. Lo and behold, guess who's nominated for Best Supporting Actress? The one and only Jesse Buckley. We also have two people being nominated for the same role they're playing, which is also nuts. Yes. Olivia that, Coleman is that a first Jesse time? Buckley. That's that has to be the first time that's ever happened, right? I'm trying to think of another situation like a boyhood. No, the same people played no, the same, same actors, yes. right? In boyhood. Yes. Um, I wouldn't know. I I th- I, I would that might require some research, but uh, mm. I think that was cool that you get two people playing the same category. Um, yeah. I guess another quick winner uh, also is Judy Dench for Belfast. That was a shocker. Judy Dench, Belfast. I still have to see Belfast. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I I thought Ruth Nega from Passing should have been nominated. And that seems like a definitely Oscar bait type of movie. And you talk about um, Netflix being popular right now with the Oscar vote. That is a little little shocking. I I love Ruth Nega. Subject material seemed like it lined up. Yeah. Um, Losers. Dude, god dang it. Denny V gets snubbed for best director for his adaption of Dune. Um, Ricky Flicks, do you think he deserved a spot on here? And if if he did, who do you take off? Because in my opinion, this was the toughest category. There, like everyone I think belonged that was nominated, but I think you had to fit in Denny V here. Yeah, I think it was a must. It was a must to fit in Denny V with the cast that it was, the visualization of not just what's on the screen, but actually the story, a story where it has been tri- it has been tried before by a great filmmaker, David Lynch, and great, guess what? Failed miserably because it's that hard of a story to convey on the screen, and guess what? He did it. He did it extremely well, at least the first half of it. He did it extremely well, 
makes sense. Unbelievable movie. Like everything in that movie is, per- is like put together so perfectly. And to not recognize him here is tragic. It, there's no other word. It's tragic. The only, like, I haven't seen Belfast, so I can't really say get rid of Kenneth Branagh, or I haven't seen um, Drive My Car. So, like, the only other ones to get rid of is Jane Campion or PTA. And that's you're just, not going to do that. <laughs> I can't possibly right. do that. And after so, PTA has been snubbed so many times, like, you know, that he's not going to get thrown off this list. Steven Spielberg for what he did for West Side Story, definitely deserving. And you just say the name Steven Spielberg, you're like, that's goddamn cinema. And right. Jane Campion, such a favorite. Kenneth Branagh seems like he's been campaigning for this position for months upon months. Personal story. It seems like this is his moment, right? There's a good chance he wins. But um, I got to see Drive My Car because that's the one I would knock off just because I haven't seen it. It's not as widely popular. I mean, this is like the nom- This is why people have problems with the Oscars, like not rewarding movies that people have actually seen and enjoy, love, right? It's it was just- Dune and a movie that is nominated for 11 Oscars, right? None of them acting. Like, what the hell do you think the director's doing? Just standing yeah, exactly. there the entire time? Yeah. And if, a movie if- they looked at as being like impossible to adapt, where it's a book. And for the subject material, it's, they've tried to do it before. It takes an incredible visionary to accomplish what he does to bring the prestige to such a blockbuster movie. This is not a Marvel movie. This is not a DC movie, right? This is a blockbuster that has gravitas to it. And he deserves to have a nomination here. I don't, I honestly, I don't care who you take off this list. His track record speaks for himself, for itself too, right? He deserves to be here. With definitely deserves to be here. And I think you make, I think the greatest argument here is not just like the impossible story that he made possible. And to a great extent, no actors were nominated. The story, the, the screenplay wasn't nominated, adapted screenplay, which is a tragic tragedy in itself that, that it wasn't nominated for adapted screenplay. So that means it's, this is all on the director here. If you're saying and that, he put Academy. the team on his back for one of the most like like greatest visual spectacles. It's a huge seen miss. In years, years. It's a huge miss. And this isn't a superhero movie. This isn't even Lord of the Rings. This is more artsy than those two combined. If you had to like like pick which one's artsy, this would be the most artsy, most academy, like most uh, potential for the academy. The only reason why I think. This one didn't get any nominations for acting or directing and won't win Best Picture is from what I've been saying this entire time. There's going to be a second one, and that will win everything. That I, will win everything. I, I buy, I, I'm buying your stock now, Ricky Flex. It's on the rise. Like I, I should have bought it when it was lower because <laughs> like dude had such hype when it came out. I got over I, I overreacted to it. So did Nez. It still was my favorite movie of the year alongside West Side Story. I just, and now it's like inevitable that it's going to, right? The first one gets nominated for all these awards, more put together story with more powerful performances, potentially, right? With more screen time from characters like Chalamet as uh, Atreides and then Zendaya. Um, It's just, you feel like it's almost going to be a reward for the culmination of this project, right? With Dune part two. If, if it ends with part two, I don't know if they're going to do three parts for this whole story. I assume only two, but almost like as you said, a return, 
Return of the King type vibes where it's just exactly. like, this, this is incredible. The two part, it's like impossible to ignore, especially after snubbing him this time. That's disgraceful. <laughs> um, so uh, other big surprises. So Gaga, Lady Gaga doesn't receive a best actress nomination for her role in House of Gucci, one that she continuously got uh, awards for. Even though, like, I know me and you both weren't crazy fans of her in that movie. It seemed like it, Correct. obviously, we talked about, like, the hit she was, like, her follow-up performance to Star is Born. Seeing her get snubbed on the biggest stage after being nominated again had to have been a surprise. I thought she was going to be a lock to get nominated. But I also just wanted to bring up really quick in the same category, Jodie Comer, no nomination for The Last Duel. Someone I would have put on there. And then kind of a shocker, Alana Heim, no uh, nomination for Licorice Pizza. Uh, Ricky Flex, do you think any of those should have been nominated? So um, let's see. You said no Gaga. Gaga was the only actor, actress nominated in every single award show, like good award show, and then didn't get nominated for the Oscars. Shocker. That's crazy. So some more names here. You mentioned Gaga. Um, you mentioned Heim. I mentioned Amelia Jones earlier. Jennifer Hudson for Respect, and Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. We, we were talking those, about – oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, all five of those and Tessa Thompson were nominated at the BAFTAs. None of them nominated here. That's nuts. You cannot trust the BAFTAs anymore. That is my take from this Oscar season. You Something fishy trust going on there. The acting noms from the BAFTAs, including Best Supporting um, – uh, for both sides, uh, actress and actor, and here, best actress, most of them, and from the BAFTAs, almost all were not nominated at the Oscars. That is telling BAFTAs are not a leading indicator anymore. And then also Kristen Stewart getting a nomination. Yes. After being shut out recently in some of these prestigious the award British, shows. The British award show denied her. But that, that, that there's conspiracies on that. Yes, yes. Obviously, clearly. British like show, and then like obviously like, the Royals. Yeah, the Royals I watched that this weekend. The, uh, Spencer, I watched it. It's on Hulu, correct? Yes, I did watch it. I might watch it tonight. I think I, 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 think I have to. Uh, thoughts? Any quick thoughts? Quick thoughts. Very one note the entire time. Movie doesn't develop or doesn't uh, like ramp up like I would like to see it. It's basically one note the entire time. But did enjoy the performance. Performance is very emotional. You can understand where it's coming from. It has its issues, but overall, decent movie, good performance. Will it win Best Actress? I personally think Olivia Coleman was better in The Lost Daughter than Kristen Stewart. But she's got to be the favorite, right? She's got a lot of like momentum right now. Yeah. I honestly, I liked Alana Haim better than Kristen Stewart as well. It's just a flashier role, Princess Diana. But yeah, I think Coleman has the momentum here. This is hers to lose. It's interesting. Like Coleman, it almost feels like when she gets nominated, she's a lock to win. It is nuts. Like she the is Academy like, loves her. She's like, she's like streep, but wins, you know? <laughs> she has she does, she does win a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. How many does she have already? Two, uh, three? Two, maybe three. Two. My God. That's insane. Like she's she's just running train on the competition here. Uh they love her. They love her so much. Uh, I do want to talk about Best Supporting Actor because um, mm. this is a heartbreaker for the drive-in. Uh, we have two Depot winners that got shut out of the Best Supporting Actor category. 
One being our comeback actor of the year with Ben Affleck. We're going to talk about his most recent trailer in, uh, was it Deep Water? Yep. The, the under Deep, Deep Water. Water. Deep Water with Ana de Armas, but he gets shut out for out of a Best Supporting Actor nomination for his uh, work in, what's the movie called? God dang it. What's it called? Tender Bar. Tender Bar. That's it. <laughs> See, now I, I guess he didn't really get deserve to be nominated. Uh, and then Bradley Cooper, Licorice Pizza, right? Ricky Flex. I know you think that Bradley Cooper should have been nominated at least. Who are you taking off the list to put him on there? Literally the all, show. all of them except Cody Smith, McPhee. I would put Ben Affleck and Bradley Cooper in over those two. I'm Let me just read them out loud. Let me just read them out loud. Okay, so, yes. So it's Sierra and Hines, right, for Belfast. Uh, Troy Kotzer, Coda. Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons, Being the Ricardos. And obviously, Cody Smith, McPhee for Power of the Dog. Two Power of the Dogs and no licorice pizza Jesse for Bradley Plemons, Cooper. Jesse Plemons getting nominated. I love our plump boy, but that was crazy. Like, J.K. Simmons getting nominated over Bradley Cooper and Ben Affleck. Tender Bar, I didn't like it. I know you think it was okay. I did not like it, but Ben Affleck was great in that. He was great in that. I would have Affleck over at least Simmons and Plemons here. Easily. Not over, not over Troy Kotzer. I would take out Plemons and Simmons. And then you, then you uh, obviously install uh, Affleck Cooper. Imagine, I mean, holy crap. Like, look at the names here, like, like supporting actors. It could have been an awesome category. Like, how do you not want Bradley Cooper at your award show? Hey, and you could you could say the same thing for best actor. You could have had Bradley Cooper, like we mentioned, or Leo. Holy crap, dude! Imagine we had Bardem, Cumberbatch, Denzel, Will Smith, or even if you get rid of Garfield. I know he was great. Or Bardem. Great. I don't, but Bardem's a winner. But Leo's a winner. Yes, I know, but like I, I don't know, but Leo didn't deserve it. But like he's yeah, also no. someone you want at the show. At right. Nightmare Alley has that intrigue to it because it had the surprise nomination. How close was he actually getting there? But imagine, like, that, those are huge names for best actor. That is, and then you got to think it's Will Smith's time, too, right? We'll get yeah. to the predictions eventually. But Cody Smith McPhee, I think, was the best supporting actor this year, but not too far behind was Bradley Cooper in my eyes. I think that was a big, like, I do think that was bad on the, on the Academy. I did, I he, think it, he should have gotten in. I don't care about screen time. There's been winners with less screen time, significantly less than Bradley Cooper and Licorice Pizza. Significantly less. Yeah. So we can't say that's the reason. We cannot. (laughs) They just did. (laughs) (laughs) But it's sad. It's sad. Like, we got to find a way to get him his Oscar, bro. He deserves it. He's got, he's got, he's got, I I, like, I might, I might have picked him over Cody Smith McPhee. There's too much love going to Power of the Dog. I can tell you this, doctor. All right. You want to hear something kind of sad that might happen to Bradley Cooper? What? He might become Ben Affleck. No, no. He no. is directing and in these mo- like creating movies now. And we saw it in A Star is Born. He's coming out with Ma- uh, Maestro later this year. Most likely this year. He's directing, writing, and acting in it. 
and Jeremy Strong and Kerry Mulligan are starring alongside him, it will be an Oscar contender. Well, I mean, that's not a bad thing. He becomes Ben Affleck and he wins Best Picture. Like, it's, right. That's, that's what I'm thing. thinking. He might, it might, it might be that he might not get the acting award he deserves, but he will get a writing directing award. So you down think the it's going to be that trajectory, like similar as Affleck? If he can't but get, I'm, I'm if not, he can't I'm get not... nominated for any for either Licorice Pizza or Nightmare Alley this year, then I do have my concerns. I'm not giving up on my take either that Affleck's going to still win a best supporting actor Oscar in his career. He will. I like that take. I'm still committed to that take. Bradley Cooper's going to win a best actor. He has to. He's too, he's too good. He's not like Ben Affleck anymore. Like he was like in the beginning, like doing all, like he did a Aloha and like those type of movies, or he was freaking uh, in Wedding Crashers, like total supporting character. Zach. Yeah. All all time. Zach with S. But He's he's a long way from that. Ben Affleck did struggle for a lot longer. Yeah, he's younger. Like Bradley Cooper's a little bit younger, not too much younger, to be honest. Uh, honestly, they might be similarly really uh, close. Right, age. I'm really check. nervous that they're close. I what do you predict? Like he's, I think that Cooper is 40, and then Affleck's 44. Okay, so Affleck 45. Who do you want me to say first? Affleck. He's 49. Oh shit. Bradley Cooper is 47 years old. Oh, oh my God. They're he is the on the same Cooper's path. 47? Wow. Yes. He's old. Yes. Oh, he's been man. around, man. Wedding Crash was, it was like 03? 05. 05? Like, he's been around. 16. Wet Hot American Summer, like, was 90s? Like, or like 01. 01. Yeah. So, just, he's been around, man. Nervous. All right. One day he'll get his award. We know he... Maybe he'll be a multiple-time Depot winner, and that's good enough. Uh, that's going to be our recap of the Oscar noms. A lot of winners and losers here. Uh, can't wait to do a prediction show. Ricky Flux, it seems like you have something else to say. Um, I will say I did have a couple more losers here. But Tony Kushner, huge snub. That was – Oh, for uh, – yeah, okay. Besides the Bradley story. Cooper, that was like my – and Denny, that was my biggest like gripe. But he adapted think, West Side screenplay so well. That was a huge yes, miss. Yes, but at the same time, it's like you're adopting from material that's won an Oscar for that material. <laughs> you know, I know, but like uh, he me, did it like, so well. He, it, it, it was, yes, but like you're not going to reward that. But that's the that's like, the literally the award is adapted screenplay because you're adapting from something. Else. Let me look at the nominees. Like Nightmare Alley didn't get a, a nom for that either, um, from a prior work. So that's maybe an indicator there saying they weren't going to. Uh, they weren't going to nominate former movies only like books but then again passing didn't get a nomination for this either and that had significant significant changes if you've seen passing you know at the end so we'll see Dakota, drive my car you got to see drive my car and see how it would compete dune was obviously going to get a nomination you could have replaced it with lost daughter i mean like i don't know i feel yeah. like you could have done that power of the dog you're not going to get it instead of yeah yeah you've got yeah. a point i'm okay with it yeah, and then Sorkin, other big loser. The Academy no longer loves him anymore. No best picture or they writing see here. through him. They yes. see through him. Yes, this was bad for him. So he's got to he's got to either go back to writing or make a serious change here. Okay, so that's going to do it for our Oscar nomination recap. Remember to uh, follow us. Last year we did an Instagram live show where we picked our winners and losers. 
this one, this slate of movies is just 10 times better than last year. Yes. Uh, make sure that you catch up on these with, with these movies. A lot of them are on streaming Spencer on Hulu. We got nightmare alley. It's on HBO max right now, but I think it's moving to Hulu. Uh, and then it's uh, on both right now, actually drive my car coming to HBO max. Make sure you can see these movies. Um, make sure you do see these movies before the awards. Very Go to Apple TV. Yeah. And then out power the dog. Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Tick, tick, boom. You get it. Oh, and I mean, we didn't even talk about don't look up, but we'll count. We'll see. <laughs> Doesn't it. deserve it. All right. Let's now move on to our massive, massive trailer roundup. So coming off Super Bowl Sunday, we got a, uh, multiple trailers. And even before Super Bowl Sunday, we had a multitude of trailers that are just exciting, incredibly exciting. And I think we have to start with Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, this is interesting because I think drive-in listeners would expect us immediately to hop to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But Nope blew my mind. It came out unexpectedly. Was it Saturday into Saturday? No, Friday into Saturday. So, so there's a teaser and th- we were expecting the Super Bowl trailer that came, yep. but we weren't expecting the teaser to come the day before the Super Bowl. That was a shock. So we're not exactly sure what this movie is about. Uh, we can make some predictions. I know the internet is absolutely buzzing, trying to uh, kind of decipher what Jordan Peele is trying to do. They're dissecting this trailer as if it's like an Avengers trailer. It almost has that feel to it. Interesting and, take. And it just shows you the event that is a Jordan Peele movie. This one, we got Kaluuya, Steven Yoon, Kiki Palmer, right? The big three that are uh, basically... Stephen Yeun didn't make much of an appearance in this trailer. A lot of cool yeah. on Kiki Palmer. Like you can, you already know. Like what Jordan Peele does. Like with he had Lupita Nyong'o and us with a, also an Oscar snub, by the way. Yes, uh, from her performance. But then having another strong female lead here with Kiki Palmer, I'm excited to see what she, she looks, brings to the table. She looks great, as in like she looks like she's gonna kill this. So it looks she's like, flying in the air too. Like this looks crazy. Like this so whole it, movie. Yeah, her flying in the air. It's a great gif that's like going on yes. the internet now. I'll make sure that we put that up there on the drive-in account. But it seems like we got a LA setting, right? California setting. Yeah. Uh, they're part of the movie industry. They take care of horses, like Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. I don't know the relationship if they are brother and sister or if they have a relationship. I'm not sure about that aspect in the trailer. I think they do commonly, obviously, interact with one another. Uh, it seems like there is that we obviously have that string attached to a cloud. We're expecting some type of alien uh, aliens being associated here. You do have like them selling different aliens. You got Steven Yoon, like uh, looking like wearing looking like a rancher. <laughs> I don't even know what he's yeah, doing. Looks like, he's, like, a looking like he runs he runs a rodeo, and it looks <laughs> like a spectacle that I can. I, I'm assuming has something to do with these aliens. Maybe uh, they have one of these aliens potentially, but let's just go with instant reactions following this trailer. Um, what do you think's going on? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. They, what I think is uh, these Kaluuya and Kiki forget their names in the, did they even say their names? I don't even, I don't even think so. But uh, basically what I think is 
aliens go to their town or ranch area and they discover it and then crap happens. Like the aliens come down. This is their first time on earth and then crap happens. And like, nope, not of planet earth. Why it's called nope. That's what the theory is as of right now. Makes sense. But nope is just like a good like punchline. Like, oh, I'm going to go see quick. nope. Yeah, it's quick. Get out. Easy. Nope. Us. Yeah. Love that. This is an event. This is what we love to see. This is like Spielberg, Camp, James Cameron, now Jordan Peele here. Like, this yeah. is awesome. Making events. Summer movie. Not an Oscar contender, as in coming out during Tradition, Oscar In the season. traditional sense. Right. Yeah. But this is like just a summer event, summer blockbuster. That's not a superhero movie or action adventure. Love to see the little difference there. Love the horror elements, but not too horror-y like you saw in Doctor Strange or, uh, or Get Out or Us. Love it. Can't wait to see this. And also, E.T. vibes. Definitely strong. Oh, yeah. Sure. A little knuckle bump with that E.T. Yes. thing. Alien looking thing. Get some yeah, Reese's I, Pieces yeah. and then it's full circle. And did you see, Um, it, I don't know if that was a crab or an, or some type of alien, some like that thing that was crawling in a, like a, a miniature setting that looked like the setting from Get Out. Yeah, I, I don't know what that, that was. I don't, it looked I don't like know. the setting where like uh, George, uh, where Daniel Kaluuya goes to the sunken place, like in Get Out, looked like <laughs> it's the same exact setting. I don't know if that's just a callback. I doubt his movies will be connected in any way, or it could be yeah. almost like a Tarantino thing. Where yeah. it's like it's Maybe a loose connection to all his movies. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Hope to check that out. Uh, but then you have Kaluuya playing two different characters in that universe. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I think there's not much we can say other than that, like. I'm beyond, we're on we're beyond stoked for it like it's yeah. it's just it's something we're just gonna have to analyze to death keep watching and uh you're you're right the title does really draw you in it's like you don't know you don't yeah think. and a good poster with it, the cloud is, it, on is the it an acronym or are we just kind of assuming this like could be uh yeah. july 22nd so let's move on to another trailer dr strange in the multiverse of madness this, I mean, seeing these different types of Stephen Strange uh, kind of cracked me up where he has these like either either evil Doctor Strange or he's got like the, the white silver going through both looking like, I don't know, like looking like he's just like a ninja warrior type of character. Mm-hmm. Um, but zombie strange. Some, I think the big takeaway here is that we hear Patrick Stewart's voice or at least what we think is Patrick Stewart's voice. Uh, as Professor X and potential in, uh, introduction to the X-Men, hence the name Multiverse of Madness. Are we going to see uh, older X-Men characters from the OG X-Men making an appearance? And if we have Professor X, do we get Hugh Jackman eventually coming back? As oh my. We are opening this conversation again, Ricky Flicks, because we have no choice. We have to do it, right? And he like it, to me, I was shocked that they showed this in the trailer. What a moment this would have been in theaters to have Professor X show up with Patrick Stewart and no one else. I know James McAvoy was great. I liked him in those uh those prequels, like uh, eventually getting to the point of the original X Men. But no one plays Professor X like Patrick Stewart. So I think that I, I love this idea. He is the character, you know. He he is professor x and he's like on some some sort of council here that Stephen strange was arrested for and then getting brought into the to see him from like ultron robots so like it's like this is just cameos easter eggs galore and there's a bunch of others i I won't like say any more in case you want to roll through it or in an organized fashion but x-men wise 
you mentioned like possibly other X-Men. You mentioned Hugh Jackman. There's clearly another uh, on the poster. There's clearly another indication of a different person from that universe, but a Fox property, but not an X-Men. X-Force. Deadpool. 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 Like, it looks like he's going to be in this movie off the poster. I don't know. That's just a joke. But also, but I I, I think they're just nods to the multiverse. I don't think all these people will be in it, obviously. They better not be. There's a Captain Britain. Yes. uh, uh, Shield that was seen. And it makes you think, what are the connections this is going to have to what if? We already have like an evil Doctor Strange similar to what if. Sorcerer Strange, Zombie Strange, Zombie Elizabeth Olsen. It's starting to look like this animated series actually has direct connections to the MCU, which is wild to think about. I didn't think that was. I got to give you props. I got to give you props. I was waiting for that. Yes, 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 yes. But uh, it makes me think that this is they're going to implement these stories, which is. And then you also have like the zombie-looking Doctor Strange that was in this trailer, one of the many different variations of him. Uh, There's also like they're saying um, Maria Rambo potentially like that we're seeing with her yeah. like with some like captain marvel-esque powers like this movie has some exciting elements and but i mean nothing outdoes nothing outdoes the uh, patrick stewart moment yeah not no other no other moment out did that one that is the big one because the like we got um in wandavision we got quicksilver but that ended up being they they, they absolutely bamboozled us with that yeah I'm, I'm wondering if this is i don't want this to be another example of misdirection that's gonna that's gonna drive me insane if they do that i swear to god marvel i will i don't know what i'm gonna do i can't I know I'm because we can't the movies yeah we can't boycott marvel so like yeah. we're kind of in a stranglehold there but um the maria you mentioned maria rambo so let's just get to that real quick here so you think that's maria rambo i i thought it was too but you're making a claim here that it's maria just based on the images I saw, it looked like did you see a black some of the actress, other short hair with there Captain are... Marvel type powers? Do you think who else could it be? Monica Rambo? Did you see who was uh, trending last night? No. So Monica Rambo is like another option. A Captain Marvel variant is another option. But if Captain you take Marvel stills, variant. but if you take stills of like each like slow mo stills of like the lead in. There's like different stills that look like different things. And one of them. Oh, no. Looks like Superior Iron Man. What? It no, does. You can't. It, it, the, the body looks completely different. I'm telling you, we'll have to tweet it out. Like Ironheart, it, maybe? It, it's, it looks because the blue, uh, the blue, it looks like a suit. It looks like a, like a robotic, like chin and everything. And then has the hair. Like it looks so and if you don't know superior iron man it basically looks like invincible but silver and then has the blue rays similar to a monica or maria rambo here and the body shape like you could tell that it's a man not a woman and that's oh, still man. and it's a still like of like a second earlier so it's like misdirection as at the same time this movie's gonna be insane so <laughs> i don't know i thought it was clearly maria rambo but then i looking at those two stills i'm not sure anymore Tom Cruise was trending because people think he might be playing. I saw that. Get out of here. (laughs) I don't agree with that either, but that would be cool. Bottom line here. I'm still nervous for this movie and this expedited my uh, nerves. So much going on. Cameo galore, which we always love. We have a a deeper for it, but is this movie going to be organized, coherent? I don't know. A lot of reasons. The more I see of it, I'm like, this should be part one, then part two. 
<laughs> yes, that's there's too great. much going on. Like, can you make Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness part one and then introduce even more characters in part two? There's, I'm afraid there's just gonna be too many faces that are just gonna be a distraction to the rest, the actual and core then, of the movie. And also, we haven't even talked about Scarlet Witch potentially making the turn to villain. Yeah, that's a that huge was... storyline in itself. Yeah, it's there's a lot going on here, and all Sam the different Raimi. stranges. Sam like, Raimi. I don't know. This is madness. It's living up to the name. <laughs> this is madness. Um, yeah. So two trailers that are going to be dissected to smithereens, right? Doctor Strange two and nope. Uh, really, want I want to talk about sticking with Marvel. Moon Knight, quick TV spot, dude. It's just coming out March thirtieth. We are the, like a month and a half away from seeing Moon Knight, which is exciting and uh, exciting. Oscar Isaac has teased the character. He's saying that. He's had a lot of fun with this. He got nuts with it. That's a direct quote. He got nuts with it. And he felt like he could do it based on the character he's playing with multiple personality disorder. Ethan Hawke, you see more of him in this TV spot. Obviously, who doesn't love themselves from Ethan Hawke? I mean, Moon Knight looks so cool. Like with the cape that opens up into the sea, into the logo. I like, this could be badass. Like, like maybe one of the most, I, this, I can see this like for many people, this becoming their new favorite like mcu character right especially mm. with these new introductions after we all we saw with eternal shang chi right these new uh, like these new characters i think this is going to be the one where people are like that's that's like they're new they're new like iron man right now in terms of like um favoritism yeah and that's what they've been uh like alluding to here like today like ethan hawk uh or no Oscar Isaac alluded to saying like, oh, this is a deep character study. And the only other time they've seen that in the MCU is with Iron Man. And like Ethan Hawke might've been the one that said, I think that Oscar Isaac like does as good or not better, like actual acting than RDJ and Iron Man. And that's the only like really comp that the MCU has. So I feel like this is going to win Emmys. Like, I, like, I feel like yeah. this is like really building up to something TV 14 rating too. I know Kevin Feige's kind of hyped this up saying like, there's no holds bar here. Like, like they're, they're going to show him pulverizing people and it's going to have a dark element edge to it that now a lot of MCU properties have. Yeah. And again, like this looks confusion, confusing. Right. And it's of course like multiple di- uh, identity disordered. Right. So he's playing multiple people. He's Steven, he's Mark, he's got the Rubik's cube showing the different personalities. Right. So this thing's going to get wacky and get crazy, get intriguing, yeah. intriguing from this confusion. That's why it's, I like it. It's not confusing. Like, like with Dr. Strange and disorganized, this is an organized chaos. You got to think like see. there's a potential that blade makes an appearance here with Marshall Ali with the level of actors, That's, like oof. with Ethan Hawke, Oscar Isaac, Marshall Ali hop in there, maybe in the finale there's gotta be, a cameo. There's like, got, there could be something cool. There's got to be some sort of cameo in this too. Maybe to even be. Kit Harrington as yeah. Black Knight. Yeah. And speaking of horror, like this has its horror elements as well. Big time. Yeah. Big Which time. I like to see too out of a Marvel Disney Plus show. Disney Plus and getting this is probably the scariest thing that's going to be on Disney Plus. They talk about the wackiness. Um, of the character, like seeing him in that white suit with the mask looked awesome. I know that's a big uh, comic book storyline and uh, some people were like disappointed it's happening already, but mm. I mean, he looks amazing, right? That character looks so cool. Uh, and I, I just can't wait. I can't wait. See, I just want to see him like jumping off buildings, right? With that, with that Cape, with that hood, and then seeing him actually pulverize these people that was teased in the first trailer. Right. Um, it's just, 
with the identity disorder thing and like he doesn't tell what, what are dreams versus reality like what he alludes to in the trailer like the kid cuddy day and night in the background that just is perfect it is perfect uh Going on to other big franchise trailers that we got. We got a trailer for the Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings prequel series, debuting September 2nd, 2022 on Amazon. Any big takeaways from this trailer, Ricky Flex? No, not really. Just you can see 500 million bucks. There it was. Um, <laughs> looks good. But Disappointing for 500 million. It doesn't look that. It looks more like The Hobbit than it does like Lord of the Rings. And maybe that's intentional because obviously The Hobbit comes before the lord of the rings movies right but it doesn't look i don't know it just doesn't have that same production quality look i would rather it look like the peter jackson film so well, obviously they're, put, they're investing these month this money into it like it should look like that but it just doesn't for some reason and i think it doesn't have a, a i don't have a strong feeling about it just because i don't recognize anyone in the show I yes don't know that's the problem you don't know anybody which is also a good thing because you don't have like you like game of thrones like you had some but like the major stars you didn't really know that's why i think i don't really have a big issue with it like that's not where the money's going the money's going to everything else which is what it should be doing you're right game of game of thrones we didn't really have familiarity with those actors whatsoever yeah, except, except sean, bean. sean bean and yeah. he ducks in the first season nope if you haven't seen game of thrones, <laughs> so. you're like don't uh other major properties that had a trailer jurassic world dominion i can't tell you how much i don't care the band's back together i don't care <laughs> i still it just doesn't matter laura Dern, jeff goldblum sam neil all coming back chris pratt back but the more these movies come out the more fast and furious vibes i get where it's just like a blockbuster that i just oh, already don't there, care to see it's you think so yeah there's been six of them seven like we're we're way past that. I just I just don't I just can't do it anymore. I I don't I have no care to see this movie. I don't care about the throwback to the characters. I'll watch the original Jurassic Park. There's no way Jeff Goldblum's going to capture the magic that he had in the well, first. He was in movie. the last one. Yes, and he didn't have it. <laughs> he didn't have it the same. Laura just, Dern though. Just, Laura Dern coming back for this and she, an Oscar winner now. Yep, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Oscar but she winner. won for Marriage Story. Did she win yeah. for Marriage Story? Yeah, she was good. Um, other huge project, uh, honestly, one that didn't pop up in the Super Bowl, dude. No Obi Wan trailer. Come on, that was no Obi Wan. We were just talking about Oscar losers. This was like a huge loss for us. This was our loss. We had yeah. to see one that's coming out. Uh, what is it coming out? Um, May twenty fifth. Like that's how are we not seeing? We got. We have to see some sort of teaser. We need yes. something. You can't just I, I, keep this from us, especially with Book of Boba Fett just ending. This would have been perfect. Boba Fett ending. You saw Luke Skywalker, Grogu, Mandalorian all back in Boba Fett. Star Wars hype is high right now. You got to deliver. You got to deliver. And you didn't. There, there, there has to be one ready like to be released. 30 second and teaser. It's all you had to do. Just show just Ewan McGregor there. You don't even have to say anything. Just put the Star Wars music in the background and then just do like a shot from the feet up and just say, I'm back or something. Or just Boom. like with the red lightsaber going off or like Anakin, like, and that's Ooh, it. Like That's good too. Or it's like them facing off. Even if it's just the title. Something. Yeah. Yes. Or like, Tatooine. I said, I said online, the biggest losers of Super Bowl 50, 56 were the Cincinnati Bengals and all Star Wars fans. Yeah. That was uh, a big mess opportunity. 
Dude, I got to talk about this deep water trailer that dropped today. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. What a, oh my God. They, I don't even know if I could say it on the podcast, what's happening in the trailer. Yeah. And, I, I, uh, Armas one on one with Ben Affleck, erotic thriller, same director as Fatal Attraction. And she's satisfying movie. Ben Affleck in the freaking teaser. <laughs> that was something. <laughs> and um, this is for everyone to see. It's not like this is a scene in the movie where it's like, oh, yeah, make sure you watch it. They did this for the trailer. I can only imagine what kind of stuff is going down in the, this uh, movie. And we got to take on the arm has got to take it easy. She's going to be Marilyn Monroe in Andrew Dominic's NC-17 rated Netflix movie. And she's doing this erotic thriller like chill out, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> I this definitely got Gone Girl vibes in this. Ooh, I like that with Affleck. Definitely with Affleck and the cinematography, the dark Fincher-like cinematography here, and the the score. The score definitely the thriller vibe is there. And Fatal Attraction. Hopefully, it doesn't end the same as Fatal Attraction, but um, I won't spoil because you should see that. But um, man, I I am looking forward to this movie. Not because of this trailer, but the Gone Girl vibes are there for me. And Gone Girl is an unbelievable movie. Yeah, it, it, it has intrigue for sure. Like it didn't really show you anything other than that passionate scene between the two. Yeah, I wish I saw clearly more. Clearly have secrets they're keeping from one another. It's coming out in a month and that's all we've seen so far. Not in one still. But that's, that's like classic streaming service movie where it comes out and then a couple weeks, boom, it's on. You know, just like Not Adam Project. How good it is. Like Adam, no, but no, but Adam Project did the same thing. It's coming out on March 11th, and we just got the first trailer. Like Netflix and all these streaming services do this all the time. Like mm-hmm. they don't, they don't, they don't release it a week, a year ahead. They release it a couple, release it a couple weeks, and then like, oh, boom, it's okay. there. All right, you know what I mean? Right. I'm back. I'm, you pull me back in. Uh, I think other trailers I'll just say that happened: Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal international trailer for the unbearable weight of massive talent. I out on this. I'm I've had enough meta stuff. I've had enough. Like I, after Matrix Resurrections, I like I, I just, I'm done with this type of movie making emphasis on it. I know we love Nick Cage, but deep a nominee, but I'm I'm out. And then we also had uh, DC released a small slate, uh, a clip of their 2022 slate. Uh, we got our first like actual look at Black Adam that was outside the one clip you show uh, the Rock showed at DC Fandom. It looked cool. Like the characters look freaking awesome. Like Doctor yeah. Fate is a badass. He looks amazing. All just look great. Black Adam looked great. Um, Cyclone, uh, eh, not really it, great look. At the it. still was like blurred. I, I Adam was thinking, Smasher actually looked cool. When we, when I was like tweeting out the 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 stills, I was like, is this really the best still we got? And I was trying to like find a more HD one, but that was like the HD of HD. That was the best. I was like, huh, that's weird. Um, and Anna Smasher, I think, looked cool, but that could have been even more HD too. So, and we'll like see. Centineo, a little chonky, huh? He's a thick boy. <laughs> I was gonna say, he, he if, if depending on his performance, we might be looking at another nominee for Plump Boy, <laughs> depending on how we like him in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's a no, big Black guy. Adam look, Black Adam looked pretty Maybe good. That's that face. His face was so round. Black Ad- Adam definitely dominated this like mini trailer for DC movies of the year. Non batman like that definitely dominated I, the dceu i i wasn't that excited for it until, until i saw now. this trailer i'm like damn this could Pierce be brosnan looks cool. sick not just this dr fate cool. but pierce brosnan looks sick too 
that mask is unbelievable. That helmet. Yeah, that's really it's that's great costume design. Same with all the Tajes. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for the trailer roundup this week. That's a lot of trailers. I, that's the most we've ever had. Uh, let's quickly move to our review of Death on the Nile. So Death on the Nile, we'll spend a couple minutes talking about this one. I can't anticipate many of our listeners have seen this movie, but we'll talk about it because we saw it in theaters. Uh, so Death on the Nile has earned $12.8 million in the film's domestic box office opening weekend. Rotten Tomatoes has a 66% uh, score, 82% audience score, decently high. IMDb has 6.7 out of 10, very mediocre. Synopsis reads, a Belgian sleuth, Hercule Perrault, I don't know how to tell you pronounce Perot, it, yeah. but uh, Kenneth Branagh's character, his Egyptian vacation aboard a glamorous river steamer turns into a terrifying search for a murderer when a picture-perfect couple's idyllic honeymoon is tragically cut short. So, Ricky Flicks, expectations going in. Did it live up to it? I think it lived up to my expectations. I wasn't expecting anything Knives Out who done it like or Clue. I wasn't expecting something that great or that good. I was expecting what it was. It was a whodunit with a cast that I thought was going to underperform for the most part. And they did, but they gave me enough. They gave me enough and enough intrigue throughout the movie where I was like, oh, that was a good whodunit. Um, nothing like it was kind of predictable, but all in all, like as a movie as a whole, it was good. It was definitely worth seeing in theaters. I, I, I had a decent time at the theater watching this. Uh, I think Knives Out hurt this genre because we have such lofty expectations now for these whodunits and uh, the unexpected ending to Knives Out, the eccentric characters, the way they bounce off one another. I almost had this expectation like for every whodunit to be at that level when it's just not possible. Like at yeah. that, this movie, super conventional in terms of what a whodunit is. It spends way too time, much time at the beginning of it, giving the background of these characters, right? It takes a while right. for the death to actually happen. The first murder, uh, it has that the ending of any classic whodunit. Everyone's sitting in the circle and the person gets to, the detective gets to have his moment in the sun, right? Uh, I, I didn't think the acting was very good. I didn't think it was god awful, but I just think they were also average. And it just, Kenneth Branagh seemed like the only one that was like having a good time while doing this movie. And uh, he got to play his funny accent. He got to wear his funny mustache and he got, I sometimes I didn't understand what he was saying. Cause I think he was getting so deep in the accent. Yeah. But uh, I, I think he just had a blast making this movie. He likes playing this character and directing him. Yeah. He loves this. He loves this. Like he, he put all his like passion effort into Belfast. And this is like, Oh, this is like my uh, hobby. This is my, uh, Oh, blow off some steam. Let me just go play the play detective Perot here and the, my funny mustache here. So definitely agree with that. The only one that really was like a standout performer, I think. Um, but again, it wasn't because critically he was great. It just, it was very entertaining. Like he was just very good. He was good at screen presence. So definitely liked, definitely liked him. I will say there was an underperformer here. Gal Gadot is bad. I think she's a terrible actress. I, I'm confirmed. I don't think she's yeah. good at all. Turns out she did not have enough champagne to fill the Nile. Um, <laughs> I don't, I just think she's like super, when she tries to do these roles that are a little more serious, I think she's just super, I, I, the discussing film said this and I couldn't agree more. One note, mm. 
she's just the same the entire time. And there's like it's a lot of emotional things happening around her in this movie where it's like a, like a, her best friend and then her former like her husband's former lover, obviously, uh, is like stalking them. And she doesn't seem to be that concerned about it. <laughs> and that's when I'm watching it. I'm like, that that's what's telling me. Like, she she's not doing very well yeah. here. But uh, I think it kind of worked out because based on how the movie played out, no spoilers or anything. But right. I think it worked out eventually because we didn't have to see her on the screen for too, too long. Yeah. And that's a spoiler. Black I think <laughs> I think uh, if we had to like, I feel like we have to mention Army Hammer. Yeah, we got to talk about him. He didn't He didn't blow my socks off here. I thought he creeped me out a little bit in this movie, seeing some of these scenes. Yes. And like the way he was, I was seducing fl- Gal Gadot. That's what I was, was going like, to say. I was the just neck. Like, Damn. The, the biting of the neck. I was like, this is kind of ruining it. This is ruining the movie. You couldn't help and, but think about it. Right. And I was just, damn. Like, I didn't, like, I, I wanted to watch this movie and not think about it. But when they show him going at her neck, I'm like, Oh my god, he's gonna bite her. He's gonna bite yeah. her. Yeah, and then and like he like also like spoiler, I guess like he's the his screen time's kind of limited as well. Um, like similar to Gal Gadot there. Um, I'll let you put the pieces together, but it's like he wasn't terrible, but that was still looming over your head the entire movie. Just yeah. like how he was like everything going on, they released it. <laughs> it's insane i didn't think i was gonna think it but like now you have to bring it up because of that scene i can't believe they didn't cut that part it's great it was such an easily like cuttable part yeah just just like don't have him have her have him kiss her on the neck yeah and then like gal gadot complains complained about harassment on the snyder cut set all of a sudden it's getting her neck like kissed like aggressively Mm, yes by a cannibal army hammer just like by a cannibal (laughs) It's just to me, I just didn't love that aspect, obviously. Um, I mean, thoughts on the ending? I, I guess what we talked about earlier, the reveal to me, I was just like, God damn it, we you wasted my time. Like I, I knew mm. this was this was like the most obvious guess I had, and like the the really weird circumstances that are set at the beginning of this movie, it just made it so obvious what the ending was gonna be, if that makes yeah. sense. And no, I, just, I agree. I like and the whodunits, like, you want to be like, oh, my God, I didn't see that coming. And this one, I was like, I mean, you wasted two hours of my time because I knew this was happening. Right. I, I, I agree. I think the very, very end, I did not see coming. Um, but, like, the, yeah, the core ending, the climax, like, you saw coming. But um, all in all, I do think it was successful, what it was trying to do. Like, yeah. It wasn't, Enjoyable. like. Yeah. And, like, freaking, uh, what's her name from Game of Thrones? Kit Harrington's wife. Um, Rose Leslie. Yeah, she's Scottish, but she's playing a French maid here. Like, what? What's going on there? You I didn't think have... she was. I didn't think she was good in this movie. Yeah, Russell Brand, like he, like there's a lot of out of place actors. What like, do you want me to say? <laughs> like, whodunits? You think about ensembles, like, and this ensemble on paper like has so a lot of stars or well known people, but it's like they were just all out of like, place. Like, all... sort of. It's just like not, did not work. And I, I sorry, go ahead. I was thinking like Emma Mackey is supposed to be like the seductive person. It felt like she was trying to be, she's like an honor the armist knockoff. <laughs> That's what it felt like. But like, I feel bad saying that. Cause obviously like she won this role and she's a talented person, right? but, uh, and she's gorgeous. But I think it was like, she was trying to capture the honor the armist magic. You know, Ridley Scott produced this. Yes. Yes. He produced this, but that doesn't surprise me. Cause he's hit or miss. Right. I thought Leticia Wright wasn't very good either, to be honest. Yes, definitely not. No, she, she wasn't very good. You know who I thought, like, besides Kenneth Branagh, I guess, if I had to pick a number two, 
like who was like the second best here was very one note, but like second best was uh, Tom Bateman. Yeah. Yeah. His friend. Yeah. He's also murdered in the Orient Express, right? I don't know. I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, But he was pretty good, like very easy role, but he did it. Like, yeah, it counts for something in a, a movie like this. That, the writing of his character was actually pretty good. I, 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 I did not see that coming when that happened. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. That, but like, the ending oh, is wow. the core part, though, right? The ending of a whodunit is where you want that to happen, not like a, the rising action there, those plot points. Right, exactly. 100% agree. Uh, what score did you give uh, Death in the Nile? Hmm. So I'm trying to do better on my scores for movies that aren't critically great. So like Space Jam, I regret that score. That's a terrible movie. And I gave it props for just like. I thought we did in the 20s for that one. Uh, it should be less, to be honest. So this one and like Jungle Cruise, I gave it like a 50 something. But that's so much worse than this movie. But to put this movie in the 60s or 70s, it doesn't feel right either. But I'll give it a 60. Okay, I I I had it like uh, I had it at a sixty four. Okay. I had it at a sixty four. Um, yeah, it it wasn't terrible, and I'm not gonna bash it. This was worth twelve. What bucks. it wasn't at. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. This was worth. This was worth twelve bucks in the theater. My theater wasn't like sold out, but I remember I got my tickets like in like at four o'clock, and over half the theater was already packed. So that's pretty good. And then by the time I walked in, it was like over seventy five percent full demographics older audience for sure uh they love the Ag- agatha christie stuff yeah and uh is there any like, Agatha christie movies coming out any, any other ones i have no idea no but idea that'll be interesting to see with the knives out and now this see what else is well, going to come I wonder out if Branow, like if Branow, after he potentially wins an oscar for best director he's got home excuse me nominated potential win for best picture too does he continue to make these movies? Does he try and move in a different direction? I, it seems like he's the type of guy who will stay true to who he is. You know what I mean? Like he'll stay. He, yeah. And he'll he'll still make these movies like that are uh, just for pure entertainment. Like he's done that before. Um, uh, so maybe he, and he loves playing this character, obviously, by the way he portrays him in the film. So maybe we'll see him as the t- detective Poirot again. Yeah, and like he was in tenant. Remember, in a, he was a Russian in tenant. Like oh he yeah, he's a tenant. And uh, like this one, like they did like a whole he Character did a whole backstory actor. about his mustache. Like that, that was crazy. stupid. Yeah, but like I'm just saying, like he likes having fun with this character, even though like like critic spin on I, it. I meant which to is bring weird. that up. Like that was so weird. But like at the end of the day, I can picture him doing this if he gets an Oscar for either director or picture. He might just like put it in the bank not try for those anymore he's getting older just like do these fun movies and star in them himself that first scene felt so useless when i watched it and the I, last I it. and there was um, there's other like background that was like terrible that should have been cut this movie yeah, could have been I mean, an hour I, and a half I, easy. I was wondering like the, the character depth like him in the first one murder on the orient express if there was any like like hints there that i needed to see but i just it just felt dumb yeah uh that's gonna do it for a review um uh, of death on the nile and that's going to do it for episode 76 of the drive-in podcast make sure you are subscribed to whatever platform you're listening to whether that be spotify apple podcast soundcloud stitcher wherever you listen to your podcast while you're at it make sure you follow us on youtube for all of our greatest hits from each episode uh 
You'll find full episodes on there as well. Make sure you check out the Deepa Awards, the Drive-In Pod Awards from last week. Very much can watch still to this moment. Uh, you'll still be, I mean, you'll be, that's rewatchable for the next year. So make sure you tell your friends about it, check it out, smash that like button and share it. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the drive-in pod. That's going to do it for episode 76. For Ricky Flex, I'm Dr. O. Until next time, we will smell you.